The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. All right, good morning, and we're back. If you guys are just tuning in, you are at WTJX, your 93.1 FM, your NPR station here in the territory. And we just, we had a wonderful discussion with um, attorney Casey Payton from the Virgin Islands Justice Initiative. And... um, and it was um, interesting, uh, you know, because I found it extremely intriguing that you go to court and you get arrested, you go to court, the charges are dismissed, but your records aren't automatically cleared up. And so um, you have to go through a process to get that actual arrest removed from your, you know, your criminal background history. And that's important because there's so many people, everybody assumes that, you know, because somebody was arrested, that somehow they are guilty of a crime. In the United States justice system, you are, you have the presumption of innocence until you are proven guilty in a court of competent jurisdiction. And so um, it was very alarming for me to hear from her that there's lots of people who were arrested um, and when they go to their advice rights or their probable cause hearing, um, it's found that there isn't a case that the judge doesn't feel that the prosecutors can have an abundance of evidence that would support a guilty verdict and thereby dismisses the charges. And when those charges are dropped, the arrest remains on your criminal record. And that's problematic because when individuals apply for jobs, many jobs ask you to do a background check. And if you have these arrests on your record, it it can be detrimental to your job search because employers look at that and they're like, oh, wait, they got arrested for X, Y, and Z. They got arrested again. They got arrested. And so human nature, we create biases in our mind as to why a person was arrested. We believe Well, if they were arrested, they had to have done something. And we hold it as humans against each other. And so what the Virgin Islands Justice Initiative is doing is um, commendable because, you know, there are people out here who can't get a job because they were arrested 20 years ago. No charges were ever filed. But, you know, that that arrest is on their, their criminal record and you know, employers can't see past that. So I'm, I'm glad that this is happening. If you have a loved one, a family member who was previously arrested, no charges were ever filed, please 
get in touch with the VI Justice Initiative and, and get that arrest taken off your record completely. All right. So um, that was very interesting. And I would think that I would hope that it would be automatic, like the judge would say, there is no charges, clear the person's record, because the judge understands as well um, how having these arrests can negatively impact you. But I guess they're not there unless the attorney makes a motion. They can't just automatically say, clear the record. But um, that was a very interesting um, conversation. And the fact that that need exists here in our territory is pause for alarm. All right. So I, I want to touch, you know, just a little bit before we get our, our next guest, the Virgin Islands Republican Party um, announces a Senate candidate and it welcomes Texas congressman for Trump. So there's a story today and um, the Republican Party has a caucus on February 8th, my birthday, um, which is just, uh, you know, this Thursday, it'll be, it's like a week Thursday coming. So it's like 10 days away. Um, the Republican Party um, apparently hosted a congressman stomping for President Donald Trump at a private commit to the caucus reception on Friday night in St. Thomas and announced that Derek Calwood would run for the Virgin Islands Senate on the GOP ticket in November. So the Republican Party seems like they're trying to revitalize themselves here in the territory. Um, you know, back in the day, we had a we had a, a slightly robust Republican Party in the territory. We actually had several Republicans that were elected to our Senate, Senator Liliana Bellardo being one. I think, um, I thought um, former Senator Harlan Redfield was a Republican, but I'm not sure if he, he won as a Republican or as an independent. But I, I know for certain that Liliana Bellardo de O'Neill was a registered Republican, a, a card-carrying member of the Republican Party, and she was elected many times here in the territory. And, um, you know, so Republicans can get elected here in the territory. And somebody by the name of Derek Calwood um, will run. And it didn't say if he's out of the St. Croix or the St. Thomas district, but I'm going to presume that it's St. Thomas because the reception was held in St. Thomas when they made the announcement. And so if you are a registered Dem uh, registered Republican so if you're a registered Republican, the Republican Party is having their caucus on February 8th. And it's important. This caucus is important because the district court ruled that there were several areas of the Virgin Islands Code that was unconstitutional as it relates to how parties conduct their primaries and how parties operate their, their business, their party business here in the territory. Um, previously... The, the Board of Elections wanted to certify the candidates and um, the slate and tell you that your, your district committee had to meet vote every two years and all of that stuff. And the court struck down provisions of the Virgin Islands Code, removed um, the authority that the supervisor elections thought she had in regards to party um, and how the party operates. And so when the Republicans meet on February 8th, which is my birthday, 
um, when they, they, they meet to caucus, they are going to be coming up with, they're going to, you know, decide at the caucus who they're supporting nationally, if it's Donald Trump or Nikki Haley. Um, and because I think everybody else at this point dropped out of the Republican primary race. So it's just Donald Trump and Nikki Haley left battling it out. And it would be nice, you know, to to see um, who the Virgin Islands is going to lend their support to. And while we don't have a, a, a huge Republican Party in the territory, the Republican Party, when it goes to the Republican National, um, the RNC conference, when they go to the the, the party um the big conference, I don't know where it's going to be held this year for the Republican Party. But when they go, we have a voice as to who the potential nominee um, will be for the Republican Party and likewise the Democratic Party as well. So you have people that's going to court the territory because those votes, and especially if it's tight, um, you know, between um, former President Trump and Nikki Haley, those votes can determine who, because we don't vote um, for president. You know, when they do their polling numbers, they can't really tell. Um, I mean, and I'm sure some of them conducting polls here in the territory, but for the most part, you can't say, oh, the Virgin Islands, um, you know, this is a Trump stronghold or this is a son in the Kihaley stronghold. So um, both the, the candidates should be sending representatives. You should see where they're engaging here locally, trying to drum up support for their their particular candidates so that when they go to the RNC, um, you know, however much delegates the Virgin Islands have, those delegates can go to their chosen candidate. All right? So, and somebody from Trump was here. It didn't say, it didn't say who the... They, the story is very lacking. Let me see if I click on it, if I get more information. Hold on. Ha, there it is. Um, Wesley Hunt, first-term congressman Wesley Hunt. He flew in Friday to court, and let me just share with you what it says. With the February 8th caucus less than two weeks away, the Republican Party in the Virgin Islands hosted a Texas congressman stomping for former President Donald Trump at a private commit to the caucus reception Friday night on St. Thomas and announced that Derek Calwood would run for the Virgin Islands Senate on the Republican ticket in November. First-term Congressman Wesley Hunt, who flew in Friday to court via Republicans at the Soray at the home of Dr. David Weischer on St. Thomas and then traveled to St. Croix on Saturday for a reception with party faithful at the Palms at Pelican Cove, declined to speak to issues specific to the Virgin Islands, including parity in federal programs and a 100-plus-year legacy of racist Supreme Court rulings that to this day deny the territory's residents the vote for president or full representation in Congress, telling the source he didn't want to put words in Trump's mouth. Instead, he focused on issues of immigration, the war on oil and gas, and the economy, which he characterized as the worst he's ever seen. Despite in economic in indicators that inflation is down, employment is up, and the GDP is grown exponentially under President Joe Biden compared to Trump. 
Hunt, a West Point graduate, Army captain, an Apache helicopter pilot with tours in Iraq and Saudi Arabia, serves on the House Natural Resources Committee, which has jurisdiction over the Virgin Islands and other U.S. territories. All right, so... Um, so these things, um, he began his speech by saying Joe Biden sucks. Um, and, and it would be interesting, you know, it doesn't say in the story, you know, you can check it out. Um, it doesn't say in the story where, you know, he was asked about the issues, not just these issues, but the, um, the issues about um, the Committee on Natural Resources as it pertains to our territory, we know that we have issues with our with our um, with our waters, with the corals. You know, those are some of the areas that, that that committee covers. And maybe you know, it would have been nice to hear if we asked him questions about that and where he he stands on you know ensuring you know um, we had issues here in the territory with our water system. We've had issues with the, you know, um, the former Hovenza and the incidents that happened there um, to ask them when they come, ask them these questions. Have you been paying attention to what's happening based on your committee that has oversight of the territory? Have you visited? Have you taken or are you just here to Trump for, for, for um, stomp for Trump? You know? So we'll see and see what's going on. So um, that was what's happening this weekend. So the Republican Party um, hosting people, the boy, and it was held at uh, Dr. Weischer, who's a neurologist and a former Democrat who said he left the Democratic Party because Democratic Party values left me and now have become so extreme that he feels vindicated in his choice, said he sees evidence of undocumented immigrants every day at Snyder Regional Medical Center. There are so many patients with social security numbers of 999999999 that it's getting to be a crisis and very expensive for the hospital. He said, we cannot survive another four years. We have now coming across the borders, the equivalent population of Pittsburgh. This usurps every American citizen's vote. We cannot afford to lose this election. That is my number one concern. Now, that's a very interesting concern here from a local, well, from somebody who lives here in the Virgin Islands in terms of the services that we provide at the Wang F. Wang F. Louis Hospital and the Roy Schneider Hospital. The, our hospitals have, you know, for the lack of a better word, we provide universal health care. Anybody that comes into our hospital gets treated, whether or not they have insurance or not. And like he said, there are a lot of people who, who goes to our hospitals. And when they go to our hospitals, they don't have, you know, they don't have a, a, a valid social security number and they're treated. And most nine times out of 10, they don't pay the hospital bill. And there's nobody that, you know, can get them eligible to pay the hospital bill because their pro the programs that are available are only available for U.S. citizens. And so if you're not a United States citizen or you're not here legally with a green card and has a social security number and you can go apply for a Medicaid card, then 
that burden, that uncompensated care that our hospital provides um, is a burden to our territory. And so, you know, while, you know, most of us here in the territory are registered Democrats, I think that we all, um, we all can agree that we all have concerns when it comes to our hospitals, the services that's being provided, and the amount of uncompensated, uncompensated care that's being provided that causes additional financial burdens to our hospitals. So I don't think that's a Democratic issue or a Republican issue. I think for us, it's a Virgin Islands issue, and we need to find ways to address um, what's happening. We don't control our own borders here in the territory. Um, you know, that's done by immigration and customs enforcement, you know, the, those services. And so we need to have a voice, a stronger voice, asking them for, for greater prevent, um, presence here in the territory. Um, you know, if, if they feel like we have this vast number of, of, of immigrants, then, you know, you know, illegal immigrants, then they need to be taking the steps to secure the border because, you know, we are a U.S. territory and you, you get here, you're, you're in the United States. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see who ultimately, um, you know, who ultimately we select um, from the Republican caucus that's being held on, on February 8th. I wonder if it's open to the public because I feel like I want to... Um, I want to attend. But here's some interesting stuff that's in the story. Calwood 44 is a St. Thomas businessman and veteran of the Virgin Islands Police Department. Um, so he's announced he's running for uh, summer, said uh, for Senate, said he's always been interested in politics but, politics, but decided to throw his hat in the ring after talking with former Senator Adla Fanzi Donna Stork and National Committee candidate April Newland, who both attended Friday's ga gathering. A local taxi operator, boat captain, and proprietor of the cafe at the ferry terminal in Red Hook, Cowood said he is focused on the economy, having experienced the economic hardship of the Bryan administration and questioned why more progress hasn't been made on the rebuilding of the territory's infrastructure, considering the federal money that has been poured into the islands after the 2017 hurricanes and then again during the pandemic. So we have a candidate, a Republican. A new year deserves a fresh start. The Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, online banking and mobile apps for banking on the go, a nonprofit community investment checking account, and a 24-hour banking cash management platform. There are two locations, one in Gallus Bay and one in Peter's Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Contact a customer service specialist for details regarding our nonprofit community investment checking account. Member FDIC. Hi, I'm Peter Sangle. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR.
Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Ah, sometimes you need a moment to just step back, relax, and listen to your favorite song. I'm Raina Duris, and on the next World Cafe, maybe I can help you find something new to love or maybe remind you of something you've been missing. There's so much music out there to enjoy. So take a moment, take a breath, and tune in to World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news designed for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. All right, and we are, um, we are back. Um, okay. All right. So, I thought that we're gonna be joined by the swimming association, and so the swimming association isn't here, um, isn't on the line, but that's okay. Um, it's radio. We talk. Um, you know. Um, we have the call-in numbers if you want to talk to me. Well, some of Neville's listening audience, I don't know if you all want to talk to me, but if you want to talk to me, you can call me at 718-4555 or 718-0761. If you want to talk to me, you can, you can call me and we can talk. But um, I shared with you about the Republican Party of the Territory yeah, the Republican Party, which, you know, very interesting party, to say the least. Um, and I think most Virgin Islanders, I, I, let me, I, I've said this before, and I'll, I'll say it again. I think that so many of us here in the territory, we have, we're a conservative Christian type community. And so many of us in the territory, a lot of our views are in line with some of the you know the tenets of the of the Republican Party, and so while the Republican Party has shifted to be the the picture of the Republican Party, are you know is rich old Caucasian men, um, the the tenants you know um, conservative tenants are shared by many many, many. Virgin Islanders, and so. You know, a lot of us are undercover, you know, Republicans or are very, you know, conservative Democrats, not even moderate, um, but are conservative Democrats or maybe Democrat in name only. Um, yeah. So I, I think so. Because, yeah, I, I, I think so. Sometimes I think I have more Republican um values than, you know, than Democratic Party values. But, you know, that's how it is. All right. So 
other things happening here in our territory um, that we we need to to touch base on, and you know we we've been discussing it. Um, you know, Neville has done interviews with them um, in terms of what's happening with the migration from the AT and T system over to the Liberty system. Um, you know, issues. Everybody, it seems like everybody has issues with their their telephones. Um, issues with um, text messages going through. You're you're sitting and you get you know your phone just stops work stop working. You you can't send a message. You can't get a call. Um, you have to shut it down, restart it. Uh, you know all of these crazy things. But last week, the committee committee on housing, telecommunications, and transportation had a a long meeting, and um, the you know the 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 members of the liberty team were under intense questioning by members of the legislature and you know they tried their best to answer questions and you know for those who have been living under a rock liberty acquired all of AT&T's assets in our territory and in Puerto Rico and they are transitioning from the AT&T system to their own system. So, um, you know, they can't continue to, they were, you know, operating on AT&T, you know, towers, software, network, everything. And they have to get off because they own it now. And so they're trying to to get their equipment up and running, get their, um, you know, their wireless stuff working without flaws. And they have run into a few hiccups along the way and the you know the the transfer hasn't gone as smoothly as it should have gone and one of the reasons again you know and I think because they're you're new to the territory you need to understand the climate of our territory and you know they said under testimony that they're calling they're sending emails and they're sending people's text messages like I said earlier this morning, most people's phone contain all of their information. Your phone has your email address, your email on it. Um, people, so many people, if you ask them to log in to, to their email account on a computer, <coughs> they can't remember their password. You know, nine times out of 10, they can't remember the password because they have it on their phones. And so if your phone isn't working, and you're attempting to send me an email to a device that's not working, I'm not going to get the email because the only place I check my email on is on my telephone. If you're sending me a text likewise, and I'm not receiving texts from you, then, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get it. And so we have been forced to, you know, find, you know, other ways. I mean, I have seen, it, it seems like every day, Every day for the last six months, there has been a line to to go into the One Liberty store in Sunny Isles because people are so frustrated. Their devices aren't working. And truth be told, the individuals that work in the store are just salespeople. They're not customer service representatives. You know, when you call the 611, that's what they tell you. 
And so you have to either call, you know, they go, you go in and then they call somebody on the telephone to help you with the issue because they can't help you themselves. And so it's very frustrating for people who paying a monthly bill to not have adequate service and you're paying for service and you don't get to use your phone. You just, you just don't, your, your phone doesn't work. Um, and, and so they were under intense scrutiny and I think they know now, you know, there's mediums to use other than email and text that people in our territory use and they have failed to use it. And as a result, it causes all this chaos, all of this confusion. And so it's my hope that they would start doing public service announcements, start using our televisions to to send, you know, do a commercial on the television, telling the people what's happening because the lack of information that's coming from them is 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 problematic. And there's so many people, old people re- rely on their their telephones, you know, you know, families, you know, people get in touch with their parents, you know, um, when they're away, they use FaceTime, all of this stuff. And it's just, it's just not compatible. And Apple now doesn't ship to our territory. So if you have a problem with the phone, um, for some strange reason, you know, Apple, you can't send your Apple phone back to Apple and have Apple send you a replacement device because they don't ship to our territory. There's so many things that's affecting us and our quality of life here in, in the Virgin Islands. You know, how do you sell a product to somebody with a warranty? And when the person tries to use a warranty, and you're being told, well, we don't ship to the territory. You have to find somebody in the United States mainland to send a phone to. So, you know, it's just... It's it's complicated and it, it's just it's a cumbersome process and the frustration it's it's going on a year now that they started we started getting text saying that we're upgrading our system your dev- device may not be ca- compatible you know I had just bought a new 5G phone and the newest model and they're telling me uh oh, um you know it's a, it was an Android phone and oh, it's not going to be compatible. You upgrade to another phone that they said is going to be compatible, but when they complete the migration, oh, that phone is not going to be compatible either. So there's a level of frustration that Virgin Islanders have. And while the wireless services, um, you know, while they're regulated by the FCC, um, our public service commission should be collecting data you know, they live here, they are aware, and our public service commission should be um, likewise having, you know, public service announcements to people saying, hey, if you have this issue, please contact us so that we can have a record. And as the public service commission, we can make contact with the FCC and ask them to come and, and take some corrective action here in our territory. Because we have to have somebody be our voice. And, you know, we know the legislature can't fix it because the the wireless companies are regulated federally. They know this. 
you know, so they're going to come in front of the legislature and yeah, they're going to, they're going to listen to the questions. They're going to, to give you the answers they think you want to hear. But when they leave, they're like, what can the legislature do? They can't find me. You know, they, they, they can't stop my business from operating, but the FCC regulates them and the PSC should be collecting all of this information, compiling it and writing, um, you know, and reaching out to the FCC on our behalf to fix this problem. It, it you know, it's horrible. It, it's really horrible. And, you know, Liberty took over broadband and, you know, um, since, since that time, if you have broadband internet, you know, and, you know, folks like me, I, I like broadband, um, because, you know, it works all the time. You know, even if you don't have power, um, if power goes out and you have a, a little, you know, one of those little smally generators and inverter and you plug it in, boom, your broadband is working. You have internet, you can watch TV, you know, um, so it's convenient and it's not like, you know, you know, when Via first rolled out, their internet wasn't as, as, um, you know, power goes, the box goes down, you don't have internet, you know, you want to be able to have internet service. And so, um, and if they're, if power is out at, at their tower or wherever they, their internet to come from that, you know, you'll get up, even if you put down the generator ain't coming on. So you want to be able to have internet service. And again, because they're trans transitioning over, um, you're, you're, you know, your devices in your home now telling you you're not connected to the internet when you test for a wireless connection. Um, they're saying no, no internet connection found. So you have to, you know, and then they say, oh, we migrate in the, in the night. Um, emergencies happen in the night. That's when people want their phone to walk. So if an emergency happened in the middle of the night, they're able to call 911. And so you have to do a better job with communicating to our public. It's, it's just, it's, it's just not right. And, um, and we deserve a, a better quality of service than we have been getting. And we need for, you know, somebody to, to be our voice. And I think that's the, the public service commission. I think that they have the responsibility of, you know, collecting this data and taking the information to the federal agency in charge of oversight for our territory. All right. And, um, you know, in light of all of that, there's, you know, they, um, they, you know, there was some finger pointing during the, the hearing in terms of the, the, the internet portion. And, um, they're saying that public works is, is the, is a problem, um, in terms of laying the, the underground, um, piping and, you know, Liberty wants to do something where they want to do 
micro trenching and um and public works you know submitted a letter saying something that you know they don't have any experience in micro trenching and all of that stuff and so there there's these issues the issue for virgin islanders though is you know p- proper planning you know we can't continue to we just let me use an example we just dig up the roads in christianstead town we heard from the business owners about how the 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 road conditions was not conducive to business how problematic having the the installation of the the sewer water system lines put in um the disruptions that were caused now in town and you know I'm just using Christian said town as an example while those roads are being dug up if liberty knows they have to come and run their fiber optic lines underground so that everybody has access to high speed internet when that dug that that road is dug up dig once we should be laying the cables and the pipes down um for liberty you should be the um laying the light uh, the, your lines down for wapa everything should be once so that you're only digging up the road once what's happening is we we are fixing the roads and then as the road get paved a prime example of that happened on on centerline road they pave under the map administration they paved centerline road no sooner they pave a month later you had these these crews um it wasn't it wasn't um liberty i think it was via at the time coming in to lay their cables down under under the road it 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 just doesn't make sense and to you know to some of the testifiers point public works as the 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 agency that's in charge public works and dpnr should be in issuing a you know permits to to the to these agencies um you know concurrently so if wapa has a project waste management has a a, a project you don't approve one and then don't approve the other you should approve them concurrently so that we only have to dig once it makes the most sense i think i could be wrong but i think we should only be digging once on that note i'm going to take the final break for this morning and when we come back we'll have our wrap up discussion and chat some more As the news gets more complex and changes through the day, you need more than just a quick headline check. Here and Now keeps you connected to your world between Morning Edition and All Things Considered as the news and the people shaping it are changing in real time. I'm Robin Young. Follow along on Here and Now, NPR News weekday afternoons. From 2 to 4 on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know 
they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nawaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV, Channel 12. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nabaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV, Channel 12. Good morning, and I'm back. If you guys are just tuning in, you're at 93.1 FM, um, WTJX, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. So, you know, right before the break, I was talking about dig once, and, you know, liberty is, is you know, um, saying public works is um, holding up the undergrounding project of the fiber cables, here in the territory um and you know and they're talking about you know permitting delays however the commissioner of dpnr has indicated that all permits that they need everything that they have applied for um has been approved and i think a lot of times and i'm just gonna say this you know i like to defend the virgin islands a lot of times people want to do business in our territory and they don't completely research the, what they would need to be able to complete and and do their business, um, and so when you're when you're coming to to the territory, and you you bid on this project or you get this project with the when you acquired broadband vi, they are you know we do have a permitting process, and a lot of times people say oh DPNR is holding up my permit, but what they neglect to say is that. Um, my application wasn't as complete as it needed to be, or my application was turned back because certain things were missing from the application. And a lot of these people, that's what, that's what they do. They file an application and, you know, more information is needed. And so if, if I need more information in order to approve your, your application, that means that your application wasn't complete. Because if I had a complete application, then I could review what you have submitted. And so, um, you know, when and and you know when he said, you know, the stumbling box, but then he said the um, DPW, it it further cemented in my mind that they don't really understand how how you know our government works. Our permitting, the permitting arm of our government is DPNR. And so 
um, you know, that's where you filed your, 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 your CCM permits, your building permits, you know, all of your, your permits go down to, to, to DPNR. And then, you know, while you have to do work on the roads and you have to involve, uh, um, you know, there's an application process for that at DPW, um, both agencies should be collaborating and both agencies ha- um, should be having discussions. So one agency, you know, in my mind, um, at least, should not be approving something and then another agency saying, oh, well, I have an issue with this. Um, they're supposed to be, their vision is a vision, you know, they work for the same person. So their vision should be a shared vision of the administration. And so when I heard that, I was like, okay, I I am not um, understanding what's happening here. And, um, you know, they, and, and again, when you're coming to a territory, you have to follow what, what we do here. So, Liberty talked about micro trenching. It's a micro trenching. If you look it up, it's something that's starting um, a lot of uh, some jurisdictions statewide um, are now implementing micro trenching. So it's it's a new process. It's not a process that was being used before. And there are places in the United States that have to have their codes amended. They have to pass laws to allow for micro trenching. So when Liberty is coming to our territory and they're saying, well, this is the process we want to use and public works is saying, well, we don't, that's not what we do. That's not what we do. We don't dig lines, um, you know, um, 12 inches, eight to 12 inches, you know, our, our code, our Virgin Islands code and our regulations requires that you dig down two feet, 24 inches, right? That, so that is our law. That's our regulation. So if you're coming to our territory, you should have already done that requisite research. If you want to build a home here in the territory, you have to figure out what our building code say, where you can build, how you can build, and, and then you have to get the required permits. So for, for Liberty to come and say, oh, Public Works is holding this up because they're telling us we have to dig 24 feet. That's our regulation. If you want something to change, then you need to make an argument and ask for a regulation to be changed or, or the code to be amended to include micro-trenching. micro-trenching. doesn't exist in our territory. You want to do something that doesn't exist and then want to blame Public Works when you can't do what you want to do. How are you going to come to my house? Because this is our house, right? How are you going to want to come to my house and tell me how to keep my house? I, I, was, I was amazed <laughs> with, the comment, with some of the commentary. And so while I think that DPW can be open to a process and to a conversation, you can't come in and say, this is what I'm doing. Because that's not how it's done. You have to confirm, conform to the laws of the land and to the regulations of the land. 
And if you want something changed, then you're supposed to enter discussions and say, hey, listen, maybe have you thought about this? And then let public works tell you why we go down two feet versus eight inches and, and 12 inches, you know, um, you know, maybe it's how our roads are built. You know, public works may have a valid reason why they're asking you to go down to 24 inches and don't want to allow you to go, um, go eight and 12, um, inches instead. So there, there must be, there, there must be a rationale for it, but you just can't come into our territory and say, this is how we want to lay the cables. And that because, it's it's not in line with our laws now. It's not in line with our regulations now. And you want to blame us for your delay. No. If you were digging down the 24 feet, then you would have been able to downlay the cable a long time. But you don't want to dig 24 feet. You only want to dig 8 to 12 inches. Uh, and you, I mean, 24 inches. You, you only want to dig 8 to 12 inches. But if you were digging to the 24 inches, all of your cables would have been laid. You know, and had you partnered with the other utilities for when they're doing their, their digging and just, you know, because they're digging to the same 24, then you, you could have cut costs working alongside these agencies. And that's what utilities should be doing, coming to the table together to dig one time. Not, you, you, you have, um, you know, and what they're, what they're proposing seems problematic because here you go, you're going to have... Um, our utility lines, the sewer lines, and, you know, the other lines that via everybody else have down at 24, right? And then you're coming to ask to, you know, to dig 8 to 12 inches on top of those, you know, it, it you know, it may be, it, it may be, it may present some issues, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the security of the, the roads when you go back to repave, um, you know, the gap that may, 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 may exist between when you're, where your cable is, there's a soft spot between the, the 12 inches and the 24 inches. You know, how are you going to mitigate against that? That's something that immediately came to my mind. You know, are you going to, how are you, you going, um, you know, you know, how do you firm that up? so that you don't create sinkholes on the side of the road. So there's a lot to be discussed, but they are blaming public works for the, for the delay. And I don't know that it's a fair blame um, because public works wasn't present to defend themselves. And I think that we should hear from the, the other side of the story because every story has two sides and the truth. Um, and we really need to, to hear from you know, from public works as to how and and why there's this confusion. And then, um, you know, Liberty said, you know, um, in their testimony, they noted that most, if not all states, do not allow microtrenching on highways. And then they clarified that highways refer to those that are federally funded and noted that it only intends to perform Microtrenching on main roads. A lot of our main ro- main roads are federally funded roads. So, I I I don't I I don't understand. Um, when we get federal highway monies, it, you know, um, 
a lot of our main roads are are federally federally funded you know so i'm thinking like how are you going to do this in in st thomas how are you going to do this you know, uh, you know, on St. Croix, we have Melvin Evans and then we have the Queen Mary Highway. The Queen Mary Highway isn't um, isn't a federal road. It's a local road. However, you know, we just had that paved. We just had via digging, digging and laying cables. Are you saying we're going to now have to dig up Queen Mary Highway one more time to to be able to get these cables underneath? And, you know, why not place the cables when the other company was laying cables down. Um, it just seems there's a lot going on, and I'm hoping that um, the committee that has oversight continues to stay on top of this, and I'm hoping that the Public Service Commission, you know, gets involved. Um, you know, they regulate our utilities here, and they, they get involved in the, in the aspect of, you know, ensuring that, you know, these companies, when when they when they come before the Public Service Commission, that the Public Service Commission, who are members of our territory, say, listen, if you're digging, you have to repave the roads to a con- to an equal or better condition than where you met it. Because we have to, you know, what's happening is lunacy. And I'm also hoping that the Public Service Commission takes it upon themselves to, to advocate for our territory so that we have quality um, inter- um, internet and cellular service. It's been far too long. It's been a year and we haven't seen where the Public Service Commission is, you know, writing to the FCC on our behalf. Maybe if you do that, FCC will tell them, hey, give everybody an automatic credit because a lot of people have suffered for long periods of time. I know somebody who was without a phone for two weeks, two weeks. And didn't get, they didn't get a loaner. They had to take their phone into the store. They had to ship the phone out to be repaired. And then they got the, they got some phone back. And it, it took two weeks. That's unconscionable. You know, a lot of us don't have landlines. We rely on our cellular phones. And we need for the Public Service Commission to have some advocacy for the people of our territory. You know, I, you know, I, you can tell that. I become frustrated a little bit when we're talking about the cellular phone phone service, but um, I am truly, truly hoping that we're about to turn the corner and, you know, and see some benefits to stop um, what's happening here. Um, I also wanted to make this one announcement. Um, there is a new school. Um, that's opening up in St. Thomas, um, new school for grades K through four. And it is, um, they're opening their doors to autism focused learning, emphasizing personalized curriculum and community co- collaboration. Coral Reef Academy is opening in St. Thomas. So there's going to be a new school by the name of um, the Coral Reef Academy. They're gonna be opening in August. It's a specialized school focusing on providing tailored educational experiences for students K through four who are diagnosed with autism. All right, um, it's under the leadership of Dr. Jody Miller. And I don't know where it's going to be, um, where it's going to be um, located 
But if you have any if you have any questions, you can call 340-719-7722 or you can email jmiller at crausvi.org. All right, so again, the email is jmiller at crausvi.org or you can call 340-719-7722. And, um, you know, it's important, you know, the, the people, children on the autism spectrum, adults on the autism spectrum, you know, you can have somebody who's on the spectrum that is completely functional. Um, and then you have individuals on the spectrum that are nonverbal, non-communicative, and, you know, can't, you know, are, um, are totally 100% dependent on a caregiver. So there's a wide spectrum. But I firmly believe, as an advocate for individuals with disability, I honestly believe that every single person has the ability and the potential to learn. And so if you have a child in St. Thomas that's on the spectrum and you want to, to get them you know, additional services before they transition into um, you know, public school, um, there's an academy that's opening in St. Thomas from K, grades K through four. Um, I am a proponent of inclusion. I think that we have to create spaces and we have to allow non-disabled persons to become, um, you know, accustomed to having, you know, disabled people in their spaces. And we have to create environments where individuals with disabilities are given the opportunity to learn and grow. Congratulations to the Coral Reef Academy. And that does it for this edition of Analyze This. I'm Jamila filling in for the one and only Neville James. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Hi, I'm Peter Sangle. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party! or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. Wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's on point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.